They call me the doctor. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and Mondasian Cybermen. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who. This is the show where we take Doctor Who's most popular episodes and debate if they're really as good as their reputations. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about World Enough and Time slash The Doctor Falls. Oh, yes. Originally, Capaldi's final episode. Mm. And then Chibnall said, I don't want to write a Christmas special. So Moffat said, okay, I'll write a Christmas special in about... A week. And he wrote a beautiful one. Yes. Mm. So it's a nice little epilogue to this story, but this was supposed to be the Grand Regeneration story. It makes sense for that, but also it does feel like... Was this one changed much? Like, obviously the ending was changed. The ending would have been changed, but um, I doubt much of the story was. Because mm, there is a lot of kind of this this running theme of Capaldi not wanting to regenerate. Would that have been in there at all? Probably. I reckon that probably would have been and he just expanded on it in Twice Upon a Time. Hmm. I think, do you know at the end when, where he's in the TARDIS, dead, essentially, yeah. I reckon that would have been the regeneration. So it probably, everything would have been the same, but that would have been a moment. Like when... He wouldn't have had a choice. When, it would have just regenerated him yeah, when he's kind of when unconscious. kind of Bill and Heather kind of resurrect him and he does all the, I don't want to go when the Doctor was me. And he has that whole breakdown kind of thing. I think none of that would have happened. Mm. I think he'd have just gone into the TARDIS and regenerated or woken up and done that. But I don't think Bill and Heather probably would have been. This is pure speculation, but I have a feeling Bill and Heather probably wouldn't have been there. I think when they exit the battlefield, that would have been goodbye for that. Mm. I think that's probably what I think that's probably yeah. restructuring that they would have done there. It's just a very interesting thing about how it would have played out because... For me, Twice Upon a Time is very important for it being there for like, it's, it's all about, it's all about the conclusion of Capaldi, you need to regenerate your dick. It's it's that. Yeah. And without that, it feels like something would be missing. But then again, Moffat would write it so it wouldn't. He would have put kind of all of that development on the latter half of Dr. Falls. Mm. It's just interesting. But it's a very interesting idea that. And although these this isn't, his regeneration episode it it is a good grand finale it is a finale to capaldi's yeah. doctor yeah it's a weird place to start in a way but yes but uh, i do think the ending is very strong and it is and everything in this two-parter feels like honestly everything in capaldi's era is leading towards this ending mm. although it feels very finite for doctor like it would be a great like finite ending to doctor as a whole it feels like a really good ending to capaldi's series because you have a like a huge theme of his era is conflicting who am i who what, is the doctor? what is the yeah. point of me yeah and this episode kind of either answers that or at least tries to give an answer mm. for that and i think it does there's it one scene in particular well. where it answers it beautifully and i'm actually getting goosebumps from it is it the scene that i've got the speech up from my on the screen right now <sighs> maybe <laughs> do you want to talk about that now or do you want to uh, build up to that we'll build up to it because i think that. i think that's going to be our Bing, bada, boom. Sure. Um, 
I really love this episode. Like episodes. Episodes. Yeah, that's a story. <laughs> like it's one of those where I think of it, I always think of it really fun. When the Moffat era was coming out, I was quite fatigued by it. And I do remember at the time going, we need Moffat to go. We need fresh talent in this. And the second he went, I went, Moffat, come back. I'm sorry for everything I said. Come back. But this, I remember series 10, from the moment series 10 started feeling like, oh my God, this is great. And it just felt really fresh and new. I remember even my dad, who's the most casual Doctor Who fan ever, who kind of watches it Mm. in the background. He doesn't really process anything that's going on. (laughs) I remember watching The Time of the Doctor with him. And when Matt Smith's really old in it, my dad, God, he's let himself go. Like, not even as a joke. He fully like, meant what has happened to this man because he just was not paying attention. I was going, no, it's prosthetics. And he's going, oh. And I was like, what? How old do you think Matt Smith is? <laughs> like, he's like 30. How old yeah. do you think this man is? Come um, talk to me. It's the stress gets to you. <laughs> but um, like he was the most casual. But I remember when series 10 was coming out, he kept saying to me, he's like going, why is this series so good? Mm. He's going, what have they done? He's going, is it a new writer? I was going, no. I was going, it's exactly the same team. He's going, why is it so good then? I was going, I don't know what they've done, but something is just really good. Then it gets to the Whitaker era. And he was going, what's happened to Doctor Who? And he's, it's, it's, feels a bit, it's going to feel a bit off. And I was going, yeah, it's because it's a completely new team. It's going, all right. Whereas just something about this series I, all the way through felt amazing. I think, and I remember it getting to yeah. World Enough and Time. I remember at the time, it was like the first time in a while that I was sat watching a Doctor episode going, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, this is absolutely just brilliant. And it's a feeling that has never left. It's one of those, sometimes you get that with things, you watch it first time, you go, this is amazing. Then you watch it again, you go, actually, I'm not sure it is. Never had that. I think I wrote two negative notes. One of them was about promotion, which I'm sure is obvious what that Uh, one's going to be. Yes, yes. And the other one was just saying that the Doctor, like, the other one was saying that World Enough and Time builds a lot of stakes up and Doctor Falls kind of just lowers them slightly. That's it. Yeah, I, it's one of those, the more I think about it, if I had to really try and do a top five Doctor episodes ever, I think this would be in there for me. Mm. Like, it's just mm-hmm. perfect in my it's mind. It's incredibly strong in, in so many ways. Like, the way it deals with the characters. Right, as you said, obviously, with the series, I think a, a big part of the reason this series works so well is because it's continues on from what it's set up, but it also it focuses on new things. Mm. Bill, Missy this relationship between the Doctor and Missy, this what is the Doctor anymore, it really focuses on what it excelled at. Because if you like Clara, great. Not a huge fan. And one problem I found with Clara is that she, not her as a person, but by having that character carry over from Matt Smith's era into Capaldi's in such a degree, it meant you could never really move on to what the Capaldi era is. Mm. You never moved into Capaldi's era. You were very firmly... Matt Smith 2. Like, although he's a different Doctor, you were still Matt Smith 2 because you are with an old companion. Like, it's kind of like how um, Rose and Tennant, they get along really well, but it still does kind of feel like Eccleston 2 because mm. you're still in that. But then Tennant gets Martha, then Donna. Like, you don't you don't stay with Rose for that long, really. But Capaldi stayed yeah. with Clara for a fucking while. And then when you get Bill, it feels like a new era, finally. And I think that's why it works so well because it doesn't have to feed off what it was. It can just be what it wants to be. And I think that's 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 maybe why it works. And the this two part is greater kind of giving you a, a finite 
not a fan ending, a finale to all of the characters, honestly. Mm. You get um, the Doctor's bills is horrifying, but beautiful and very well done. Um, Missy, slash the master. Um, just a lot of things. It really works, really works well. So you got that that works. And then you've got the overall concept of the two-parter is brilliant. Right, so what is Doctor Who, Aiden? Is it a show about time? Yes, it is. <laughs> I was waiting for a yes, but no, it is. I thought you were going on a rhetorical uh, monologue, so I just let I you was, get on I was. With hoping, it. I was. I was. Is it a show about time? Yes. Yes, it yes. is. It is. And what is a really good way to kind of demonstrate time? Let's use a realistic sense. Gravity does affect the flow of time, so let's really delve into the idea of the Doctor is having to fight time. It's his enemy in this case. It's not on his side. And that's a brilliant concept. Like, like Doctor Who is the Doctor, space and time. Like, that is that is the whole show. So what happens if you turn one of those things against him? Mm. And he can't do anything about it. It's a brilliant idea. And then you have the introduction of classic villains in a sense that is arguably the best portrayal of them ever. Because uh, you know what I would do with that sentence you just said there? I'd drop the word arguably. Because <laughs> it is. It is the greatest mm. Cyberman story ever. It's superb. Because we've mentioned before, let's talk about the Cyberman show. Let's jump straight yes. into that. We've Because as I was on the bus this morning, <laughs> there were people on the bus. Because it's very rare that I go out without my headphones, but I did my hair two seconds before leaving the house today. So Otherwise thought, you'd be. So I thought if I put headphones on, I'm going to look a right state. So I went out without headphones this morning. And then came to the studio and put headphones on. But um, I was on the bus with my ears listening to the world. And there were three people sat at the front of the bus discussing Cybermen. Mm. And I thought that was really funny. I thought I might go sit, talk to them. But they were on about how they think Nightmare in Silver is the worst Cyberman story, which I thought, I feel like going, we've done a podcast on that. And then they went, (laughs) and then they went. And I personally think Warden Off and Time is the best Cyberman story. I was like, I'm about to do a podcast on that. But I just thought like, (laughs) it was really funny that just hearing this, Mm. like even like, I don't know how fanly these people are, but like, Maybe they are diehard fans, but I was just like, it's, well, they must have been actually, because one of them mentioned the Raston Warrior robot, which is from the 80s. So I thought, you're right, nerds, you are. But um, You should have just been like, nerds. <laughs> I was, it was kind of like, oh, I've got to go talk to these. And they went that, and I went, actually, you're a bit too nerdy. Mm. I thought, I think, was it in the shooting gap episode? We said the sweaties. I thought, you're the sweaties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know what, actually, I'm too cool for that. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it is like the Cybermen, as a, sto- as a concept, like, like I said, drop the word arguably. I do think this is the best ever Star, the star Wars story. But um, yeah, I do think this is the best Simon story. I haven't heard Spare Parts yet, which is a big Finnish story that mm. many people say is the best Simon story. I'm I'm listening to the monthly range in order. I think I'm on 31. I believe Spare Parts is 36. So I'm not far off. You're close. But I'm close. But even then, because that tackles Mondasian Cybermen stuff as well. Mm. And I'm thinking like, I, I do know some stuff about it and the stuff I do know sounds strong. Then there's other stuff that I go, ah, oh, kind of doesn't interest me that little bit. Whereas this kind of just, this is the Cybermen. Like this really just feels like, what are the Cybermen? Because Cybermen, I've always said, oh, Doctor Who's greatest vi- villain. Mm. They are. Mm. 
but they're probably the Doctor Who's greatest villain that are easiest to get wrong. Mm. You can do Cybermen. And we've seen them done wrong You can lot. do them wrong. And even most of New Who, to be honest, kind of does them wrong. I want to see most of like all of them. Like, in yeah, a way, does even it wrong. like, like with Cybermen in the 60s, amazing. Mm. 70s, they have one appearance and it's not very good. So they went, you know what? Let's give these a rest. <laughs> get to the 80s. The first episode they come back in, brilliant. Mm. Second episode they come back in, Good, not as brilliant, but it's still pretty <laughs> strong. Third episode, it's probably my least favourite episode, barring The Timeless Child, ever. It's awful. It's, I like it. My least favourite, as in the worst. Yes, it was. It's, it's, it's supposed to be Doctor Who's 20th anniversary episode, ah. 25th anniversary episode, but it kind of doesn't make any sense <laughs> because there's Cybermen in it. Mm. They go to the Renaissance era. Then there's neo-Nazis running around doing something. Mm-hmm. The Queen shows up. And you're kind of watching it going, I don't know what the plot is. And the whole time, the Doctor's like fighting these Cybermen, going to the Renaissance times, fighting neo-Nazis. But actually the thing he wants, they're just kind of in the way. The thing that he actually wants is to go to a jazz show. And it's I like, mean, I'm loving this episode, <laughs> it's like It's like, we're off to go to see jazz. Get out of the way, Cybermen. Get out of the way, neo-Nazis. It's like, a, no, surely I, they should be your priority right now. I want right that now. to be like a slogan. I'm trying to get to jazz. Get out of my way, neo-Nazis. Yeah, it's, it's, just, like it's, it's just bizarre. But then even in New Who, obviously as I'm watching at the moment, I'm on Series 5. Honestly, they don't have an episode in Series 5. They're good in the Russell T. Davis era, but I don't think they're very strong in the Russell T. Davis era. I think the episode um, in the Power Universe... I think that does. Stuff, I think that's. I think that probably does them the best. But even then, you kind of. And that's the best way Russell's done them. Yeah, and I think. But even then, I suppose. I suppose the thing that kind of takes you out of it slightly is that it is the parallel universe, and these aren't your Cybermen. Mm. Just be like, these are how Cybermen could come about. But you kind of go, they're not how our Cybermen came about. So it's kind of it's fun seeing them and that kind of thing, but it never quite gets there. Mm. And then even mostly at the point where I'm not here yet. But closing time, James Corden. Mm. Shit. Mm. Quite frankly. Nightmare in Silver. We like elements of it, as we discussed in the podcast, but generally they really miss the mark. Mm. I think the Doctor, who's had the most consistent Cybermen stories, is Capaldi. Because even think about Dark Water, Death in Heaven. I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And then you get to World Enough and Time. And I knew, as well as, as I'm watching it, thinking this is strong. The moment, I know, you know exactly what I'm about to say, where I went, this is the best Cyberman story ever, <laughs> was, say it with me now. Pain. Pain, yeah, pain. Pain, 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 pain. pain, pain. And I, I was, was worried. Just, I was like, is it the same one? But yeah, no, no, <laughs> it no. It was no. that moment where I just, God, you're, that looked like the scribblings of a lunatic. A madman. Well, they get, <laughs> listen, it's shorthand, get over it. But yeah, three pluses, pain, pain, pain. That's the the entire reason these are done so well is because of the body horror. The Cybermen, yeah. it's a fucking horrific concept. Like, it's terrifying. Flesh mushed up and stuffed into a metal suit and you feel constant pain. But don't worry, the pain is inhibited. But you're still feeling this intense, searing pain constantly. You just don't know it. I love the kind of the way they kind of represent that as well. Mm in like a little kind of way, is that when it is doing the pain thing and the nurse comes in, she turns that knob and at first you think, oh, she's reduced the pain. And then you realise, no, she just turned the volume down. <laughs> it's yeah. still feeling that pain, mm. but 
We just can't hear it. And the volumes on all of the things are turned down as well. Yeah. And you like think, mm. like that, think about that as Cybermen, all of the Cybermen, thinking that they are all constantly doing that, but they've had the volume turned down. So they're all doing it, but they can't feel it anymore because they don't know, they're in pain, but they don't know, know what pain, pain is in a way. Yeah. The pain is still there. Like it's the idea that they are, they're just mushed up into a suit and it's, it's a horrifying concept. And we discussed the body heart. The reason the elements in Nightmare and Silver we liked are the body horror elements. Those work. And in this, it's all body horror and it's done in such a brilliant way where I do think maybe it forgets a bit of the body horror, obviously later on in the two, in the second in part. In part two, yeah. But it's because you be, that's you, not you, the focus you change anymore. your focus. Mm, which is fine. But the first part, it's so heavily focused on that. It's brilliant. You have the pain, pain, pain. And then you the one that got to me was the die, me. And it's just like, so like, mm. it's it's like, it's... That's, the, one, the one I really like as well. It's actually a sort I love of, this sentence. I love the, I, I love the one the, I love. I love like, it when, she's, when it says, kill me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The one I actually really love is before she even enters the room when she's hearing the pain from the distance, she goes, what is that? There's a really clever shot where it's Bill looking around at the room and you get a shot where it shows you the in, then conversion, and then out. Does it like that? Mm. And it's lined up perfectly. So you go pain, pain, pain. Mm. So you show that at all three levels, when you're in, when you're in the conversion, then when you're out, it's pain all through that process. And that is so clever that you could have just had pain going on in the background. and But lining mm. it up so it actually just goes <laughs> in, pain, out, pain, conversion, pain. That's like, ah. Uh. The pain starts the moment you're in the waiting room. Yeah, because it's also showing even you when you're left, this, like, this, never this, it shows that these humans, essentially, are in pain already. The city has been corrupted and mutated and it's toxic and bleh. So they're all in pain. So they go to a hospital. It'll make them better. They go into the hospital room. It still hurts. But surely when they're out, they'll be fine. No. It's a different kind of pain. It's still pain all the way through. It's 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 a brilliant concept. Like you have these people who are going through terrible times and they're, they're in so much pain. Their only solution is let's try this conversion thing. Let's become a Cyberman. Let's see if this works. Hmm. And it doesn't. And you can say, like, oh, it's just this big grand scheme of the people. It, it like the master makes it like he's putting kind of the um getting the world turning with this. But it is still I'm uh, there's there there'd be a lot of the people down there that are believing in this idea because mm. they're 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 being told to believe in it, but it's to them it's their only hope to become a Cyberman. And I think that's one of the most horrifying things, and it's the idea that Cybermen they're not inherently evil, in a sense. They're not good, but they're not evil. It's like the idea of becoming a Cyberman isn't. Mm. It's actually meant with good intentions. But as you get to that point and you realise, oh, I can't be this and still have emotions, because if I do, it's going to be unbearable and I'm going to want to die. So I'm going to have to just remove that. Mm. And then when you remove that, that's when it becomes... I must upgrade other people as well. Everybody must become a Cyberman. We've all got to be like me. That's when it becomes mm. nasty. Mm. And I think what I really like about this episode is 
the line. I've also got the quote here as well, where it's it's, it's a funny line, but it actually gets a really good point across. And the, the line is when he says, like sewage, smartphones, and Donald Trump, some things are just inevitable. It's a funny line. You actually think about it. What he's saying there is that it can't, it's a really clever line because what it just saying that last bit, it clears up a lot of canon errors over the years where the Cybermen have lots of different origin stories. Originally, they're from the planet Mondas. Then they become from Telos. Then they become from the planet parallel universe. Then here it's from a Mondas ship and not Mondas itself. But what he's saying is he's just saying it's inevitable. Mm. On Mondas, they get into such a state where they need to become Cybermen. On Telos, they are in such a state they need to become Cybermen. On the parallel universe, John Lumick creates the Cybermen. And even here, where this these Monda, this Mondas ship has no connection to the planet anymore. And yet they're still doing the same things. But it's the idea that eventually it's humanity, like, if put in the right circumstances... This is just where it's going to go. And that's horrifying. Mm. That even develops it to a point of being like, oh, this is what could happen to people. It will be fine. It's the idea that at some point in the future, is this what all humanity just becomes? It's possible. And it's just like... Because uh, we, we are a species which utilise finite resources for everything. We can make it sustainable, but if we don't, once those are gone, what do we do? We can't eat. What do we do? We can't breathe. What do we do? Let's turn ourselves mm. into machinery. Machinery doesn't need food. Machinery doesn't need these things. Those things can live off... Like, like the solar power, done. Like, it's... It's a logical... Like, it's a logical solution that's what it is the logical solution mm. but it's not it's not a good an one. empathic solution yeah. it's not a human solution it's a purely robotic logical solution to the problem and that is what cybermen are they are a robotic solution to a problem that once like once you're a cyberman you don't feel the pain you are just what you are you believe oh this worked for me let's do it to other people but if you take away that inhibitor you realize slight problem i'm in agony right now whoopsie daisies and it's it's scary it's really scary brilliant scary brilliant it's just, it's really good and it's it's cybermen done perfectly because you have this horror element and it really delves into what would it be what number one what would it be like to um just be a, like you see what it, what normal cybermen go through what would it be like to be the people going through that all that kind of stuff but you see what it would be like to be turned into a Cyberman, but you hold on to that humanity. It's that, and that's Bill's element, mm. and that is heartbreaking because she still thinks she's Bill, but she's the thing that I gone. think is most cruel about that is that it's one of those times where I think Doctor Who exits that do it the best is where the thing that kind of defines their nature is kind of the thing that leads to their downfall mm. so like doesn't Clara, have to be death like even like, like that's why even though we don't like clara that much i do really like her exit because her being like oh i'm really strong i can be like the doctor is what kills her then she comes back and it's like mm, you've kind Ugh. of you can't but like mm, her we've, proper we've discussed her this. proper face the raven exit yes I mean. whereas bills her whole character trait is that i am me this is me look at her because that's a whole thing where it's all about i'm an individual i am bill i am me so what is the thing that you do to somebody who's all about being individual? You turn her into a creature where there are no individuals. Mm -hmm. The very thing where she goes, I am Bill Potts. It's like, 
Yeah, but what if Bill Potts no longer exists? What if you are just a line of identical white and silver things? What do you become then? That is cruel. I love the, it's like, it's the line where, I wrote it somewhere, where is it? It's the bit where the doctor goes, Bill Potts, where's Bill Potts? And he goes, locate, hold on, let's try and do the voice. Locating, (laughs) Bill Potts, accessing Bill Potts. I am Bill Potts. That's like, ah. like he doesn't even know it's Bill. Mm-hmm. There's Bill in there going, it's me, look at me. But the Cyberman shell is like, what is Bill Potts? Bill Potts? Uh, give me a sec. Um, oh, oh, that's me. <laughs> you found him. Like, it's, it's terrifying. Brilliant. Horrifying. But brilliant. It's so well done, and it's genius to bring back the Mondasian side. You, oh, we can't that in a second. Yeah, the the way Bill is done, like it's like with any kind of character in anything, you often need to write stuff that is representative of that character. Like I can even remember Batman. Like Batman's always rogues are representative of mm. part of his personality. So as you said, for Bill's ending to be this parallel of what she is as a person is a very very clever way of ending her tenure as a companion and it does it and one thing which is quite nice about bill is that she does get happiness in the end although not in the most normal sense but she can also be turned human again as um heather says it's 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 nice that she does get a happy ending because i think bill did deserve that and she's got the ending now where she can be anything she can still go on the travels but there is no stress of dying and that kind of thing she can just enjoy being bill potts going through Mm. space and time and although she isn't the same body that bill potts was everything that bill potts is has continued on and i think it's it's kind of a form of regeneration in a way and i do think bill's ending is is very very good although like it's like what happens is cruel perfect for her and then she gets the bit at the end it's it's like the going through a crucible of fire to get to what she deserves in the end which is just pure happiness and I think it's very sweet and a nice ending in the end yes and I'll carry this on in a bit because there are four characters you write out in this story and Mm. every one of them does it 10 out of 10 perfectly so we'll come on to that shortly just to round off the Cybermen here I remember when Capaldi kind of first became the, the Doctor and there was an interview with him saying if you could bring back one monster who would you bring back and he said I'd love to see the Mondasian Cybermen Mm. so Moffat said your wish is my command. And he wrote the Mondastian Cybermen. But you can do that. And you can do that in just a fan service fun. Oh, look, it's these guys again. Or you can actually really build on the mythology, myth, mythology, mythology and create the best Cyberman story. Mm. And that's exactly what he does. This story would not be as effective as if you did this with the current era Cybermen. Or as if you did it with the uh, Cybus Cybermen. Even if you brought back some other classic design, mm. it still wouldn't have the effect. It only worked this well with the Mondasian Cyberman, which is this. It's what well, it's funny. I remember when the Cybermen came back through New Who and all this kind of thing. I mean, being a fan through the Rusty Davis and um, Matt Smith era, whereas the Mondasian Cybermen were kind of a joke. It was like, oh, do you remember those ones that had the cloth face and you could still see the human hands? Mm-hmm. It was just like, a, I remember that being the thing where people were going, that's quite funny, just that, how cheap they looked back then. But then you get a story like this that kind of really shows you that's not 
yes, it was made because they had no budget like that. But actually, if we make an in-universe explanation for why they look like that, these will now become people's favorite Cyberman. And post this episode, it's really interesting seeing that I would say the fan consensus is that the Mondasian Cyberman is the best design. And I find that so funny hmm. that pre this episode, people were like, going, ah, they're a bit naff. And then now we've had this episode, we all go, that's the best design. Why? Because you can see the body horror element. You can see the robot in there. You can see that it is a cloth face because it is just going to be a human head there, but with like kind of attached to a robot body. There's wiring in there. Like you probably take that away. There's no skin. Yeah. Like, it's, probably it's, just, just, it's probably bone and muscle. like all Exactly. And that's just, I find that fascinating that that shift happened. Like in the Ninth Doctor, Big Finish examples, they brought a Cyberman story in. And they went, what Cyberman should we use? Mondasian Cyberman. And everybody went crazy. Mm. They were going, oh my God, yes. And I was like, that's so funny mm. now that you bring them into something. People go, this is amazing. Whereas before, people were kind of like, whatever. You've, but it is just genius. You've given these maybe kind of comical design, you've given it a real kind of history and an explanation which gives them depth. Mm. I love that. And you're right. Yeah, it, it gives these, it makes them really scary really scary like you see the like the, the rubber gloves are, like just yeah because they actually make them more more rubbery in this episode mm. they do they are gloves in this story but like weird gloves whereas like in the original it was just hands mm. that's why people found them laugh and i kind of still prefer that hand idea because i just i love to think it is like a hand with machine it's like a human hand but it's like machinery in there like yeah a terminator or hand. like it's it's, but like, it's just kind of like oh what's the like they've got like humans we're like we're pretty good and also pretty shit in some regards but our hands they're they're evolutionary they're yes. pretty impressive they do a good job yeah so why not keep that just mm. fix everything else but maybe instead of having bone in it put an exoskeleton in mm. it so that um doesn't rot away and also maybe it would rot away has a tighter time. grip kinky yeah and i just it's just genius like i said it's just it, i i think it is the strongest sideman story ever mm. world enough in time not dr falls yeah world enough in time i do think is the strongest sideman story ever because it just it's exactly what this should be this inevitable slow body horror thing mm. where even when they become the sidemen they're still a force and they are dangerous and you do not want to be one. And even having Bill have the chest piece on her. And you realize, oh, that's not attached to the suit as you might think it is mm. when you just look at the Simon design. No, that goes through the suit and is attached to the body. Ugh. It's disgusting. But it's brilliant. Mm. And I'm so glad they were brought back for it. Amazing. And the way the way the mystery is built up as well, and you have like the Mondas reveal. And yeah, being... because that's another thing some people say. Like, some people say, yes. We'll come on to this maybe next. The master should not have been revealed. Oh yeah, no, the ma like that should in the promotion. Yeah, yeah, in the adverts, it was a fucking ludicrously stupid idea. It makes sense for viewers. For viewers, because I remember story wise, I, I remember my mum getting really excited. If you scroll down through my mum's Instagram feed, there's a picture of from the trailer where it was John Sim turning around. She posted that, going, "Oh my god, this is brilliant." So it worked on that level, but not in the episodic level. And the other thing the episode does is if you actually go into this episode not knowing it's Cyberman episode, you can be forgiven for not realising what it is until the end. Mm. If you actually go in, you're like, well, what is this shit? What is going on? 
oh, they're just building people. They're, these people are injured. They're giving them improvements. A bit like Simon, that, but kind of cool. And, and then get to the, the end. Hat. And then you get the hat, you go, oh. a bit like a Mondas in Simon, that. I think I know what we're doing here. And then she goes, oh, they're from Mondas. That's the moment we're supposed to go, whoa! But it doesn't work because you know they're going to mm. be in it. But I do think that reveal is more forg- forgivable than saying, hey guys, John Sim's back. Which is like, god damn it. Because I know people that have watched this mm. episode not knowing that. Mm. And they've, I remember someone um, watching it and sending me a video going, this Mr. Razor guy is kind of funny. I thought, just you wait. <laughs> and then them being like, what the fuck? What? Mm. It's funny when you watch it now, knowing it's John Sim, and it's obviously John Sim. Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's no it's doubt behind it. obviously John Sim, but I do know there were still people that were kind of confused, because I was. I remember watching it, it took me it took me a bit of time to go, hold on, is that John Sim? Yeah. Because it was a bit like, yeah, I think it is. But at first, I was like, going, who is this Rob Zombie-looking guy? Like, <laughs> why is he in this? And then I think it was my mum went, I think that might be John Sim in a mask. And I'm thinking, I think you're onto something. Whereas I thought, <laughs> you know, he might be revealed at the end. Mm. I guess he is. But it's knowing it's John Sim, you can clearly see it is. But no, not knowing it, I think you might go, it looks a bit like John Sim. But also because that's just a completely different era, your brain won't even be it won't even be considering it's it. not on your radar no number one he's doing a different accent number two he's got makeup and number three you're right it's a different era you, you it's not on your radar it, it's like me watching it's like me watching the batman and being like that guy looks like ben affleck and then it being ben affleck in the end it's like you don't ex- like maybe they'll look similar but you don't expect it it's it's a it's it is a, it's a really good way of doing a reveal if they hadn't have announced it like mm. it would it's it's everything there is point everything in this episode is pointing towards it being a mystery everything but like everything that is the mystery was told yeah you know that that's happening which is a bit stupid but i can forgive it for the mondasian element cuz obviously that is the entire thing so how do you advertise it without like you could have advertised... i feel like there would have been a way to advertise it without revealing either Either bombshells, honestly. You don't mm. have to say Mondas. I think you probably could have put in the trailer clips from the Doctor Falls with the other Cybermen. Mm. Put the modern Cybermen in it and be like, okay, we're getting Cybermen this series. And then you can watch that episode going, oh, this must be the Cyberman one. These are being converted into Cybermen. Maybe you then see the one with a hat and just think that's a reference mm. and not actually the Cybermen you're going to get. And then when you get full on Mondasian Cybermen, that's your big reveal. Mm. And then you can post... Save that reveal as a name drop rather than like a mystery. Yeah. And then you can have the the master bit, which is like, oh my God, it's the master. <gasps> Shock, horror. He's going to give us a kiss, apparently. <laughs> give I us do... a kiss. Like, right. Get okay. dirty, man. It's gone to master. And Missy? Because... Yeah, and Missy, of course. Missy. Because a common criticism that Dr. Fours has is, why is John Sim in it? Because a lot of people thought this was going to be a big master grand plan. He was behind it all, all along. I mean, he kind of was, and that never really was the case. Now, come on to that momentarily. I like about his reveal is that this master basically gets there stuck there by accident. I think that's very in that's very in keeping with the master's character mm-hmm. of just being like. Damn it, where am I? <laughs> like, oh, God's sake. And then, but then him like, right, I'm the master. Let's take control. And he does that. And I love that he just does the exact same thing that he did in The Sound of Drums 
again. Mm. He uses the same networks. He becomes the prime minister mm -hmm. again. He does everything. But then they go, we've had enough of you, and they overthrow him. I like that. I just like that this master, like especially because it being the same master, being like going, I did it work. It worked. It just the doctor got in the way. So let's no sign out. of the doctor. Yeah. So I'm going to do it again. And, and then, then the he, people actually being like, right, sod off. We've had enough no, of wait, you. No, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Then he goes and then like him a, being like, oh, gosh, I need to put a disguise on. I'm sweating. I am Mr. Reza now. I'm just Mr. having Reza. to do all of this kind of stuff. I really like that. Mm. I just love that as a concept that this master, because this master is probably like the cheekiest master. Oh, he's so cheeky. In that way. And like, like um, I just Even elements where like gets onto the spaceship, it's like... The doctor said he said he always hated you. Let's go. Yeah, like, yeah, I like that. And then Missy gets on and says the same thing. And then love it when Nardo goes, "Yes, I heard you the first time." I love that that kind of thing. Like even in Big Finish when they did for the Masters fifty. I, I have a swear jar. You need a Big Finish jar. I'm sorry. Yeah, you swear all the time, and I mention Big Finish all the time. But it's because they do a lot of relevant things. They, for the fiftieth anniversary of the Master, they did a story where every Master meets, and they even managed to get. Um, John Sim in. Mm. It's the only big finish one he's done. But what he does in that one is basically the plan. The I you've mentioned this, yeah. The plot is that this is the master who's finally won and he's conquered a planet, and it's John Sim doing the same plan again. <laughs> so I just love that the idea that he just goes to these places and goes, "I'm going to become their prime minister." I think he might even say, "I'm their king" or something in this one. He has a. He's he just like he's got he just a plan. Does the same thing. He's got over, a yeah, He's got a plan again. That, he, that he loves to do. <laughs> And he just wanted to fucking work. And he's like, it will go. It will go well one day. And I think I can't remember why it went wrong because it's a it's a long story. It's mm. about three three hours long. It's oh a, wow! It's a long story, and there's so much going on that I can't quite remember how it went wrong. But the idea is that something has gone wrong, and these people are overthrowing. And he like the story. You fling all the masters off basically, and he gets paired up with Derek Jacobi's master, who who basically is like taking none of his shit. And he's like going, right, this has all gone wrong because of you. Like, he's like, this would never happen to me. And he's like, that kind of thing. Yeah, this yeah. is brilliant. So I just love this idea that he does it on Earth. It goes wrong. He goes to, I guess the big finish ones in between. He goes to that planet. It goes wrong. I'll do it on one last, I'll get it right this time. And it goes wrong again. I just love that idea. Mm. Some people could say, well, it's just stupid. Why would he keep trying to do them? same plan again but i think it's so in keeping with this yeah, master it's very this master i mean the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again expecting different results the master's exactly. fucking insane exactly he's gonna do this shit like it's it's so great and i love how i love how you see kind of a lot of i think johnson plays this very well i don't think he's playing as well as he does in when he's with tenant I think he's it's different. It's, it feels I, like a different master. I really like his performance here because he feels more mastery. Yeah, I was going to say me. that. Yeah. And I think like Missy comes along who feels more mastery in my in my idea. And I think, okay, you've really beaten John Sim here. You'll probably be moved down quite far in my ranking now. Then this story kind of comes along and goes, oh, no, you're coming back up now mm. because he feels mm. like even having the goatee. I like, like his outfit as well. It's very mastery. I really like, I really like the... I really like when he puts eyeliner on it. On yes, like yes. A, I am the master. I just love that kind of idea, and I love that in Loki when um, he falls in love with Sylvie. And people being like, "This is gross. Why would it ever happen?" I love it. it's like Doctor Who did that before, and I love that he's like going, "Is it wrong that I?" Miss yes, it is very wrong. Yeah. I I love that kind of thing because I feel like I feel like it does make sense for the master. It makes be, more like, sense actually, for the master than yeah. than Loki, but um. 
Although I it's with lo- Loki's power, it's like a different universe. So it's maybe more distant. With 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 this, it's literally it's the him. same person. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same person. Whereas I just look. I really like Johnson's master in this, and I do think if he was more mastery, but he does steal. He's he is he is older as well. Like obviously, is this was twenty seventeen series three was two thousand seven. There's a ten year difference, and also this master canonically as well. You could say. He's less unhinged than he was because he fixed. he doesn't have the the drums in his head anymore. That mm. they they've gone. The time lords have made him better, and then he escaped again. But um, like these, yeah. I do think this master for me, huh. he's close. He's definitely closer to he is in series three than he is in the end of time. Yeah, the end, the end of time, of time he's he just off the rails. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Shooting shit out his hand. I like how the only reference... you're watching it going, yeah. what the fuck is happening? I like happening? how the only reference to that is the doctor going, we've had your little condition fixed. And it's like, <laughs> yes. Just like, yeah. And I do... I'd, I might even say I prefer his master here than I do in the David Tent era, to be honest. I, I know you're going to say no. No, but, but I, I'm going to say... You've, you've given me some good do. points, as you always do, and I'm like, fuck you. Because I agree on everything you said. Apart... Like, I... I'll have to put, I do like his version in the David Tennant one a little bit more. Yeah. But in terms of being a master, he's I, very he's much closer to probably, like, as you've said, he's much closer to what the master is here because he's not got the drums, so he hasn't got that, that constant, like, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. He's got just his normal master brain, which is nice. And I do really, 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 really like him in this, and I think he's he's great. And although... As you said, some people maybe think, why is he in this? I think he's an important addition to this story because it gives it, it what it does. If we ignore all story, what it does, it gives Missy's ending. That's exactly it. The perfect ending. The reason John Sim is in this. Um, is also, John Sim? also yeah. ju- just just before I get there as well, the good thing about I think the difference between his performance as well is that the master serves the best when they are a flip side of the doctor. So, like, Missy will only work with Capaldi. They're both Scottish. They're both complete other sides of the same coin. David Tennant and John Sim are. But when John Sim is then paired up with Peter Capaldi, they are very different doctors. So he needs to do something different to match Capaldi. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of an yes. important thing to bear in mind, which is why I don't think Sasha Dewan and Jodie Whittaker work, because they don't feel like the same person. Not at all. They need to feel like... This, this, it needs to feel like the Batman and Joker kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas it could feel like if the Doctor had a really bad day, he might become the Master. That version of that's the Master. That's what it's yeah, got yeah, to feel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it's got to feel like, which is why Jodie Whittaker and Sasha Dwan don't work because it doesn't feel like that. Whereas you take Capaldi with John Sim, you still need to keep those elements from the Dave Tent era to so it feels like it is still the same Master, but this is a Master who has grown and he's a bit more like this Doctor now. Mm. I think that's why that works. Anyway. You that are, could have been like a little... I love that. That, that was great. That should be like a little video essay. You yes. Submit um, that. Yeah. Um, but as you were saying, I think some people probably saw John Sim in the trailer and thought, oh, he's going to be behind everything. It's going to be a great master story. It's not a master story. It is a Cyberman story. It is a Cyberman story. But there are two masters in it. Well, why are the two masters in a Cyberman story? Because this is the conclusion to an era. Mm. And how are we going to write out... We've got, to, we've got to write out the Doctor in some way. We've got to write out Nardo, Bill, and Missy. Because Missy is a Doctor like... Is a Doctor? Is a Master, like I said, that is appears a lot through the Capaldi era. Mm. She's in all three series. She has a lot of appearances. 
she is very much Capaldi's master. Mm. Like I said, it's a flip side of Capaldi. You pair Missy with any other doctor, I don't think it would work. Not, no, it not it might well. be quite fun with some examples. I think it probably would work with some, but never as good as it does with Capaldi. I love Tennant, but I don't think it would work with, like Missy and Tennant, I don't think would really actually work well no, together. I don't think I don't think they would. I think they'd, they'd clash in a lot of how they, like in terms of just acting, I think you'd get a clash between, because obviously Tennant's got a lot of humour there, so does Missy. I think it would be a bit, it'd get incessant. You'd be like, all right. Yeah, because mm. because he's very high energy mm. and Missy's very high energy, whereas Capaldi isn't as high yeah, energy. I'd say he's, he's more, more mellow, yeah. He's more mellow, especially that, like this finale. I think there's no point in this finale do they ever run up a corridor running from an explosion, ever. Mm. It's that the first part is standing around talking. The second part is standing around talking. That's the only, all. the fastest bit he moves is when he's at the end doing Sonicy bit. Exactly. And even then, if you look at him, he looks knackered. Oh, God. And that's, that's the idea. I mean, He's supposed to be like, I've had enough. Mm. Bill's gone. Nod, I was gone. I've done it where Missy's gone. Like, I've had enough of this. Mm. That's kind of how he looks there. But this is the idea that it's like they go, well, this Missy, this Missy, this master is for this doctor. She will not be appearing again. We are writing her out Mm. in a way that you never really get for any masters. You kind of go, we'll put a pin in it. Maybe they'll show up again at some point. But that's them gone for now. Mm. Um, Like... Um, end of Last of the Time Lords. He dies, he's being burned, but the ring drops and you see a hand take it. It's always a sense of, we're done for now. Mm. Whereas this was going, no, we are done. This master is dead. Mm-hmm. And that's why John Sim's here. Because how do you write out a master that has kind of become good? You face them with a time and they weren't good and see how would they respond to that. They're, they're faced with the doctor, say, so you're good. Okay, I'm good now. But if somebody comes in, and it's a bad influence, and this master is like really easy corrupt, easily corruptible. The master has always been, how can I worm out my way out of the situation? What if somebody does come in and goes, remember your old life? And just being like, oh, I might it's, go back to that. It's mm, it's to give Missy something for Missy, as a person like who like for the master, who are the two people in in their lives that can influence the most, influence them the most, the doctor and themselves and themselves. So it it's a very clever way of having the ma- like having John Sim show up. And first off, John Sim and Missy work very well together. Mm. They do. So you, I've got to give John Sim a lot of props there for being able to bounce off both Capaldi and Missy and making it work. That's impressive to be able to do that. To just like because he probably came on set and he was like, right, who are you guys? Right, okay. <laughs> but um, I just I really um I think he's 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 very good and he's important for making. Missy's ending feel good. And they say at the end, what's the, like, how do we die? You were shot in the back by yourself. It's, and it's such a master ending mm. to betray yourself for the only reason being they're going to help the doctor. So it's still an ending which revolves around the doctor and their relationship, but it becomes more than that because they virtually, not virtually, they technically kill themselves mm. because they're Twice. never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, 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 very good. And I just think that's a very, very good ending to Missy's character because Missy, for the entire series, she is bouncing between the idea of good and bad. And eventually we're so close. We are so fucking close to her being good here. And then and then she's like, I'm going to be good. It's time we stand with the doctor. And you're like, yeah. And then she gets shot. It's mm. so good. It's the idea that, for me, that's the idea at the end, that 
no matter what, Missy, like, deep down, wants to be friends with the Doctor. But she can't. Because mm. the one thing stopping her from being that is herself. is herself. Yeah. And I think that is the most beautiful ending to her story arc. I Character do. arc. And just, it's very, very strong. And also, if I can move on to just saying how fucking incredible Michelle Gomez is. Holy shit. Like, As in, always. Insane. Like, I'm... I like to write quotes sometimes. I've got a couple of quotes here. Sure. Oh, don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. Like, it's so... I just cracked up. Like, and then when Missy comes out, I'm Doctor Who. I'm streamlining. I'm um, I'm saving us actual minutes. Fucking yeah. incredible. The one I really like, and I, it's one I've quoted in this building when the fire alarm's gone off, is when she goes, ooh, it's got a good beat to it. <laughs> I really like. I've done that in this building when the fire alarm has gone off. I've gone, oh, it's got a good beat. I just love that. Uh, she's she's just she's incredible and she's I very tell you what, strong. The one I really like as well is when um, I can't remember what the doctor is saying, but it's a bit when he's in the wheelchair and he goes, "Knock yourself out," and then she whacks the the master and goes, "Your wish is my command." Yeah. I love those kind of moments. Like he's just. I love Missy. Mm. I and the way have... she talks about it. I was, I was secretly on your side the whole time, you silly sausage. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so... Mm. She's just brilliant. Mm. And she's not just funny. Like, she has some real depth to her. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because it's easy to do just the funny thing or just the villainous mm. thing. But it actually does funny, villainous, and good. And conflicted. Or good, uh, all good. in one. I'm not good. Yes. And I love that you even get the flashbacks. More than often times, you get the flashbacks to the Doctor talking about the master mm. and why he he wants her to be so why he wants her to be good because it's essentially at the end of the day they are best friends they, are, they, are, they have known even, each other longer than anyone else even if they actually hate each other they're still best friends mm. which is a weird dynamic but it's true but it makes sense and I love the quote where the doctor says the master is the only person in the universe who's even remotely like him and I like that idea that even though they both have different motives. They essentially do the same things. They both like travel around in a TARDIS, go to planets, but while one's defeating monsters, the other one's bargaining with the monsters. They're doing the same things, mm. but in different ways. So it's just the Doctor just being like going, there is nobody, I can have companions, I can have best friends, I can have people I relate to, but I will never relate to them on the level I can with the Master. Mm -hmm. Like we will say in the podcast a lot, we say we will never truly understand the Doctor, but who's the one person who can? It's the master. That's, that's and that's why yeah, I like that's that. That's exactly it. We can't understand the doctor because we we it, it's fundamentally impossible. We can't comprehend regeneration and no. Gallifrey and we can living, look at for, it, living we, yeah. for hundreds of years. But the master has lived for hundreds of years and has re had regenerations and has done these adventures. If anyone understands him, it's the master. Exactly. That's their entire relationship and characters summed up, summed up right there and what episode does it this one mm -hmm. and it does it in a brilliant way which is we see the relationship between the two masters but also we see a heavy relationship between the doctor and the two masters and you see you see how missy's changed from how she reacts to what the doctor's saying and you see because you see how she's reacting and you see how john sim is reacting and you really get this beautiful kind of picture of the doctor wants to get through to their to their friend. And you can see the moment before, like, close-minded master, go fuck yourself. 
a bit of time goes by, you get messy. And it's it's it feels natural. It's so well done. And I think you get the combination of this triple relationship thing in a very, very good scene. And that scene being a little scene where the doctor has a little speech. And it makes me no. no. I mean, like his weird no in that yeah. scene. <laughs> like no, no. <laughs> Runs over. I love that though. So it's a brilliant like, but it's, it's that's so raw as like uh, these two friends of yours, same person, are walking off, and you're like, no, no. Like you're just like, actually I'm, like yeah. no. For the one time, actually, you get back. Yeah, here. I'm gonna say my fucking piece, and hopefully you'll be nice now. Yeah. We'll see. But that scene is probably my favorite scene of all of the Capaldi era. Mm. It's insanely good and the lines are beautiful and my I have my I have like one line from that speech is my favorite thing and it embodies it all but I'll let you find a little bit of it here. So I was looking for something else so you, oh, okay. uh, you carry on. For me like this scene I think is in is I just think it's beautiful and it makes me cry because you have this relationship between all three of them and you see the doctor pleading with his old friend, pleading with them. And in the end, you you expect the response from John Sims Master. And it's yeah. very John Sims Master. Like, well, how does he respond? He doesn't respond by with any kind of like reasonable response to an argument. The way he responds is saying, I wasn't listening, which mm. is such a childish thing to do. And it's cheeky. It's extremely John Sims Master. I don't doubt. Like, I, I doubt he believes what he says. I think he heard every word of it. He's just like, how can I be a dick? And he chooses that option. But then you see the way Missy reacts to everything the doctor said. And it is this conflict. Like, even, like, as obviously as the talking, you can see she is considering it. Yeah. And, like, her like his face is just being like, don't care. Mm-hmm. But his face, her face, mm. rather, just being like, damn it, I'm actually agreeing with you here. She's taking in, thinking about it. John Sims very much just on, no. I'm on send. Like, I'm hearing these words, but he's not giving them any, like, I don't doubt if, like, John Sims' master were to properly think about all these things, he would come to the same conclusion Missy does. Any mm. master would if they properly thought about and it. And it's that idea as well he's that just not he probably letting need, it in. And, like, he'd need time to think about mm. it. And he does. Because by the time he's thought about it, he's become Missy. If you think about it that way, he's thought about it for like, I don't know, 200 years. And by the time he's gone, God damn it, he was right. It's finally He's already missy. Yeah. It's fine. That's actually quite beautiful. I haven't thought of that. It's finally sunk in. God, I love Doctor (laughs) That's, it has that. And I think the the speech is beautiful because it is, it's a reason why I think like apparently he's my second favorite Doctor because he can give you this these speeches that feel like they're not coming from just Capaldi's doctor. They're coming from every the doctor. doctor since. Yeah. And like, I was just, like, just onto the, um, that, that revelation that the John Sim has been thinking about that for 200 years. I've only just come to that now, but I've just thought, Oh my God, that makes her entire arc make sense. Like you think from the, mo- every single appearance Missy has, where she's gradually becoming good. Mm-hmm. It's because she's still considering that idea. And she's getting close to that conclusion of seeing something. It's like she's seeing something thinking, oh, the doctor said this to me once. Mm. I think that might be true. Might be true. Then you get to series 10 where she's, now here's the speech again. Mm. And she goes, yeah, I'm with you now. It's, 
That's brilliant, that is. That is really... That's such a very... Like, that's so clever because you have this... Like, you could say, oh, why does she suddenly turn... Like, why does she even think about being good? Why has she not thought about this in the past? Because she's not heard that speech yet. Exactly. She has now. He has now. And obviously, like, they don't remember exactly things like we have, like, the idea. They don't remember exactly what they said because it's, like, it's all a bit muddled in a way. But there are, we know for a fact there are moments that they do remember. Yeah. Because the dematerialization circuit, that is something she remembered to bring. Mm. Like there were like moments which stay in your brain, maybe in your subconscious. So no matter what we can say for a fact, it could still be in her brain as she's thinking about this. And then you get to that moment where she's had the time and spent the time with the doctor and it's finally gone, huh, maybe you've got a point here. Yeah, mm. I'd say like, because we get a lot of the time, whenever doctors cross over, we have the idea that the previous doctor can't remember it. And that's why, obviously, they don't go, I must do this later, that kind of thing. But I think the master's probably an exception to that rule because the master hops around in all places and is, he doesn't, he's all over the place yeah, anyway. He doesn't like say, follow the rule, the laws of time. So he's probably subjected to weird shit. Yeah, and day. I think you can also prove that by the mm. fact that the master knows who his next regeneration is already. Yes. Like he, it's not like David Tennant being like, That's I think it. I might be Matt Smith next. I think the, mas- the master is already like going, I think I'm going to be a woman next. I'm not having that. The doctor's very much like, spoilers, like, I don't want to know yeah. what's going on. It's just life does life. The, master the master's probably, probably like, like going, who's I, next? The master is probably actively seeking out what's my next regeneration. Mm. Let's go find him. Let's send out a call. I'll send him an email and I'll meet him. Dear the master. Shows up but it's missing. No, but going, it's, I don't like that. No, I'd love it if he sends out an email to dearthemaster at gmail.com and it doesn't go through and he's like, oh, Missy? Derek, Derek Jackie rep- replies and he goes, no, I want the next one, not the one before. <laughs> Wrong one. Log Derek off. Jackie, Derek, Derek Jackie just like, go away. You're weird. I don't like you. <laughs> Block. That's what I kind of like about, I, I love that idea of and Masterful does that as well, which was the big finish with the all crossed over, is the idea that no master likes each other. Whereas you get doctors that meet and they do like each other. We know the fifth and tenth doctor like each other. We know the tenth and the eleventh doctors like each other. But I love that I loved that in Masterful, every single master hated each other. And they all the one they all hated the most was Missy. I loved that idea. Because it was just it was honestly, it was brilliant that was. Just when she shows up in that. And they're all like doing a sacrifice thing going, we've won. And Missy comes in going, would you like me to tell your fortune? And they all go, Missy, we know that's you. And she goes, <laughs> no, I am a simple fortune teller. And they go, Missy, we know it's you. She goes, oh, right, it's me. And like, it's just brilliant all the way through. But yeah, the, that whole speech, I think you're right. Like, um, the master probably wouldn't remember all of it. Though, obviously, Time Lords have more higher intelligence. Maybe they can have a better better memory and they probably would remember yes. all of it. But I think definitely the thing they'd remember is the quote that everybody remembers, which is, who I am is where I stand, where I stand is where I fall. Stand with me. That is the moment that everybody remembers. Mm. Of just being like, who I am is where I stand. Where I stand is where I fall. It's the idea of the doctor is like, I am the person that will always fight the monsters. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that will always kill me. But I'm going to keep doing it because it's right. Because it's just kind. That's exactly. my favorite bit, that one. It's just kind. Because he mentions being kind earlier, actually, with um the kid when uh, she gives Bill 
the mirror and he says, it's just kind. It's kind. It's a good thing to do. Mm. And I've, 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 that and then obviously what's the final thing he says before he regenerates? I forget. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. Yes. And that I think taken me a while to figure out exactly what Capaldi's doctor is. And in the end, what is the point of Capaldi's doctor? What is the point? Because you have like, you've got the vein doctor, you've got the Aragon, etc. You've got all these different versions. Capaldi's doctor in the end is just kind. Mm. And that is not just Capaldi's doctor. That is the doctor as a whole. Yeah. And I think that is a beautiful, just motif for the doctor to have and reason for being. Because that is the doctor. Why would the doctor choose a name that is about helping people? Because it's just kind to help people. Mm-hmm. And I find it fucking glorious. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. Mm. And this two-parter is a beautiful ending to Capaldi's era. And just a gorgeous character study on the doctor's relationship with himself, with the master, with the universe. With and, Bill, with Nardo. And everything, everything in between. Yeah. Even Nardo. We kind of never really get Nardo's fate, though obviously in Twice Upon a Time, when they resurrect kind of the likeness of the dead, we can assume, because Nardo's there, we can assume Nardo was killed here. Yeah. Um, I like that kind of when he says goodbye to Nardo, it's very much a, okay. It's very, the thing I really like about the respect, the um, relationship between Nardo and Doctor is just this idea of respect, mm. of just being like, I may not always agree with you but nardo was given to the doctor essentially by river song to look after him kind of thing and keep an eye on him yeah and i like this idea that when it gets to nardo you need to go off and you you need to be with these people because i need to go off and destroy the side men it's very much a he doesn't even fight he doesn't question he just goes okay i know that's what's right because i understand these things mm-hmm. in similar ways to you do but goodbye this is kind of it and i kind of like that he gets more of an understated exit but it's kind of just a, this is my duty yeah. kind of thing. I've got to do this now. I've served you well. Goodbye. And he kind of goes off. And even though you can watch it and go, well, what happened to Nardo? It's kind of, not, I'm not going to say it's not important, but there's so much other stuff going on that you kind of think, that was a nice farewell for him. Now let's handle Bill, the Doctor, and Missy. Our protagonist is still the Doctor. We follow the character's relationships to him. Mm. So it's a wonderful ending to Nardo going off. And he's gone. Like, you don't need to know exactly how his story ends because he's gone like Mm. he has a brilliant he has a brilliant exit from the doctor's life and that's what we need and whatever happens afterwards is on him yeah it's a companion exit you don't really get very often where you get somebody to to, especially new who usually if somebody leaves we see what happened next Mm. whereas in this one it's just they're gone what happened the doctor doesn't know Mm. so therefore you don't know it's very much just Mm. oh oh okay Anything left to say? Not really. I think we've covered everything in a really nice way. And I think it's mm. just... Honestly... Honestly, there's like little things like... Yeah. Like you said about the concept of ship, the ship we, time we passing at both that. ends. That's really cool. Yeah. Direction is obviously on point because who directed it? Rachel Talalay. Therefore, it's amazing. That shot... I like how I wasn't actually sure, but then when you were like, who directed it? I was like, Rachel, Rachel Talalay. The shot of all the cloudy smoke and the Cyberman holding the doctor yes. one of my favorite frames mm-hmm. of doctor who ever that's incredible mm. um the design of everything looks really nice as well i mm. like how clean the top of the ship is and the bottom is grimy and disgusting and i like the idea of there being um 
little countrysides in a ship. Yeah, no, so I think I that's really yeah. clever because some people criticize the the uh, lighting of this episode in the Doctor Falls. You know, it goes really blue. Oh yeah, yeah. And some people say, why does it look like that? But I think the again in universe is this is artificial light. This is not real daylight. Mm. This wouldn't this wouldn't look like real nighttime. Mm-mm. It's fake. It'd be dimmed light. So of course it would look like. Because if they turned all the lights off, it'd be pitch black. It'd be pitch black. Nothing. There'd be nothing. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I think I've covered everything I wanted to say. The stakes are high. Stakes it, are high. The stakes are high. More in World of Time, where you really feel like Doctor, get to Bill now. And then maybe they don't feel as high in the Doctor Fours because there's a lot of standing around. But you do still feel like something. It's a big mm. battle is coming. And every time you get Cyberman, it's like battle stations. And it does feel like, oh, you do not want the Cyberman mm. to get to that little house because all hell is going to break loose. And I do like that. The Doctor obviously running through the battle at the end, blowing them all up. Canary Wharf, Telos. I love all of that stuff. Jazz band. Jazz band, neo-Nazis. <laughs> that parallel universe that time. All these things. Where else have I faced them? And I love that he just ends it with, even on the moon. And then he does that nice little thing that nobody can ever, you know, he does that little hand thing. Everyone's going, what is that that he does? How does he do that? Um, yeah. I like to think about how I dislocated a wrist. Like, there we go. <laughs> like, I've never worked out how he did that. But um, yeah. And obviously the cliffhanger where the first Doctor shows up blew all our minds because there was no, they didn't spoil that one. No, it didn't. So that was like, huh? Hmm? Hmm? What? What? Hello. What the? What the? All in all, this two-parter is probably the strongest Capaldi episodes. This with Heaven Heaven Sent, yeah. Mm, Very close. I'd say I prefer this over Heaven Sent, Mm. but obviously Heaven Sent is also a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Just really, 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 really strong. And it's a beautiful character study on the Doctor, on the Masters, on Nardal, on Bill, on the Mondasian assignment, on like everything ever. Mm. That's why this series works the most, I think, because the series arc, you kind of have the vault. But mm. as soon as they went, there's a vault, we all went, yeah, Missy's in it. <laughs> it was a, well, what's it missing? And then they went, Missy's in the vault. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. But that was never really the point of the series arc because because like that gets what revealed in what episode six mm. i think thereabouts and then the series arc from series six now you've revealed what's in the vault becomes will missy become good and i think really from episode one the re- the reason i'd say this series works the best is because like stuff in the russell davis era maybe especially series four you're building character that's your number one focus mm. you've got some series art going on sure but even like in the way series four is like a planets are disappearing but you kind of, you mention that every now and then you go, I think they've said that a few times, but you never kind of really clock it. It's more about let's build the relationship between the Doctor and Donna so that Doctor Donna hits more. Yeah. This is about let's build the relationship between these four people, Doctor, Bill, Nardal and Missy. Let's build this relationship so that when they are all separated in the end and all four of them go in completely different ways, two people don't go off together and those get killed. Everyone goes in a different way mm. that that will, that will hurt. Mm. And if essentially, as something we discuss about many things, especially the Marvel Universe, but obviously is important when we do 48 episodes of Doctor Who podcast, number one thing that you should always have as your priority when making anything is character. Mm. Give us character studies, mm-hmm. make us understand these people, relate to these people, and therefore we'll be in. If you don't give us character, we have nothing to relate to. You're just throwing concepts and explosions at us, and that means nothing. In the end, and we've done... We've done big finales. 
big explosions, grand things. The whole universe is at stake. But actually, what's at their what's, core? What's kind of can be more effective sometimes? Hmm. One farm at stake, and the doctor being like, "I can't save this," and that actually hitting more than the whole universe because we can comprehend it. Yes, we can't comprehend the universe. This is a ten out of ten episode for me. It is both parts. I I prefer. It's a ten out of ten two parter. Yeah, I pre- I'd say I do prefer Warden from Time over the Doctor Falls. Same, but Doctor Falls is still also ten out of ten. It's not like when we've done Time of Angels, which is a ten out of ten. Then Flesh and Stones like seven out of mm. ten. This is ten and ten. It's so consistent. I am absolutely it's beautiful. And all I can say because this is um the last Capaldi episode. Of the, podcast, of the podcast, yes. We will see him again for oh my, about two seconds. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, no. So thank you, Stephen Moffat. Thank you, Peter Capaldi. And thank you, everyone involved with this. My favorite doctor. Second favorite. Your, your second favorite. But thank you very much because I know I was late to the party, but... <laughs> you got there in the end. Damn incredible. And yeah, 10 out of 10. And if you were listening and you haven't seen this, episodes then why the hell are you listening to this podcast mm. or no just rewatch the capaldio go do that right now everybody should always rewatch the capaldio mm. because it is aged like fine wine oh yes and uh as something i see a lot of people say that i kind of really agree with is people say that general audience didn't deserve the capaldio because they were like we just want david Tennant back and it's like going like going but you need to understand doctor who as a concept mm-hmm. you need to understand who is Doctor Who? And that's what the Capaldia gave us. I'm Doctor Who. And that's Who. why fans love it so much, but general audience like, going, I don't understand what's going on. It's going, because you're not paying attention, quite frankly. Mm. So, um, yeah. It'll always be my favourite Doctor, unless Shooty Cat was amazing. We'll see. But, um, yeah. yeah. That's it for that one. Next week, we will be doing The Waters of Mars. Hey! My favourite Christmas special. Our penultimate episode yeah, of enough. Exterminating Doctor Who unless mm. we get some news in the meantime we'll probably do another emergency podcast <laughs> but as for argument's sake all intents and purposes it is the penultimate mm, we're nearing the week. end not the, not the uh, penultimate podcast will do mm. but uh, the penultimate episode of Exterminating, Exterminating Doctor, Doctor Who. Who but yes thank you very much for listening everyone and goodbye see ya